After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and with me, I have the fabulous Sean Buckley, CEO and founder of Buck Productions. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm good, Becky. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, for people who may not know about the actual name Buck Productions, I mean, people, I'm sure, pay attention to, like, the little things that happen before their movies, all the well-paid-for and created animations— but you guys are the recipient of multiple Gemini, Genie, Canadian Screen Awards, Directors Guild uh, Awards. Uh, you've been in tons of international film festivals. You've got those laurels. You really got your fingers in absolutely everything, which is kind of important for Canadians because we got to keep spreading it around. What is the originations of Buck? Uh, the originations was, um, you know, just a want to tell stories. And, um, you know, we're celebrating our 25th year this year, which is kind of kooky when you think about it. But the, the beginnings were very kind of humble beginnings, starting with, you know, kind of blind optimism and fear. It was working uh, on sets as a PA, batching coffees, dragging cables, moving on to <clears throat> into the DGC and beginning my kind of career in the assistant director department, mostly because I just wanted to be near the epicenter of a crew and watch how things were made, um, how stories were told. Uh, and I had not I studied business and political science at school, so it was in a sense my opportunity to go through the School of Hard Knocks. And just slowly and organically, um, Buck kind of grew. And from the very inception of the company, it started as a survival tactic, which was me just trying to pay the rent, you know. Do you do music videos? Right here. Corporate videos? Look no further. Commercials? I'm your guy. The entire team at Bach over the years is really focused on not just being a truly diversified company, but having a portfolio that reflects that. So when you look at Bach's scope of work, you're looking at 40 plus unscripted television shows. You're looking at close to 20 features. You're looking at 15 documentaries. You're looking at uh, scripted series work. You're looking at um, some of the most innovative branded content and branded entertainment shows that have been done in the country. We are still doing commercials. So it, it offers up very diverse portfolios of work, but what we love is when you put them all together, that is the backbone of Buck. And that's where we turn to our greatest strength, and that is the talent that we get to work with that come out of each and every one of these different media offerings. Now, we've talked about a few of the films you've produced on our show, including Wolf Cop and Another Wolf Cop with friend of the show, Lowell Dean. We talked about Making Monsters. We've talked about Cooper's Camera. Uh, you guys have a bunch of, uh, of films in your portfolio which have done incredibly well. Um, I'm thinking about the Tiff Darling Wet Bum, which I can't wait to talk about in the show. Uh, Milton's Secret, which had Donald Sutherland, Michelle Rodriguez. Like, you guys are, are really doing fantastic work. And like you said, it's a huge uh, portfolio that forms the spine of the whole company, which when you're selecting films specifically for this diverse portfolio, how do you strike that balance between your personal taste and stuff you really love and messages you believe in and what the market is looking for right now to sell them internationally? For us, even inside of our work, we like to remain diversified. And an example there is, you know, in helping put together Wolf Cop, I just, I had to. I mean, Lowell Dean is 
outrageously talented, and it's a werewolf cop. My God, you just have to tell that story. He's dirty, Larry, only hairier. And um, I love the fact that it was just fun and it was raw. It was, it was a great raw, and it was campy. But on the flip side, inside of our film portfolio, you know, I wanted to tell Milton's secret because I had read Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, which has a tremendous focus on um, being present and, you know, mindful. And uh, his novella, Milton's Secret, is the book I optioned that we wrote the script from. And it, inside of that, had a great anti-bullying message. So while Wolf Cop is just rock and roll entertainment, and I love it, um, inside of Milton's Secret, there's some incredibly important messaging, being present, anti-bullying. That's what draws me to different projects. I don't just want to do heist pictures, or I don't just want to do romantic comedies. We kind of move and groove a little bit in our silos of content. It's really just about getting drawn to a good story and wanting to tell it. Now, in that, you talked about wanting to marry the idea of storytelling with the idea of business. What do you wish some things are that people understood more about the business of film when they're coming to you with stuff? Understand your audience. Um, know your audience. Have a plan. You know, take the word show out of show business. It, it, there's this weird thought out there that you are either creative or you're either good in business. And those are two opposite sides of the spectrum, and that's not true at all. There's this sweet spot right in the middle where individuals are highly creative and they understand business. And that, in a sense, we are, well, the film business is a business. Build a strategic plan. Build an incredible team around you. Work and work and work the story. Don't rush into it just because you have to get the movie made. It, you never get a chance to make it again. So make sure that the most important thing, the script, is bulletproof. And then, you know, focus on doing all that you can to put everything that you can on that screen. Because that's really, at the end of the day, what you're about. I mean, we here at Buck pride ourselves in our work. You did a bunch of work, like you said, on the ground level. You were APA for a while. I've done that myself. It's a lot of grunt work. You worked as an AD. Uh, what were some of the big lessons you took from that that you've been able to incorporate into the production side of things? I watched a lot of directors and producers lead by, you know, throwing chairs around sets and screaming and yelling. I watched from the ground level what a, the reaction that the crew had was exactly the opposite to what this individual wanted from them. And so I've always kind of prided myself in, in, in working personally and the teams here in, you know, understanding the fact that we're very lucky, we're very blessed to be doing what we love to do, Yes, there are stressful times. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are obstacles. But, you know, take, take them on with respect for all, respect for your crew, uh, respect for your team, and, you know, fight the good fight together. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's very fulfilling when you're watching your work on the screen at a festival or something like that. And... It wasn't a nightmare to get it up there. Um, it was an experience that was shared by all and as enjoyable experience as possible. And that comes from the top.
Let's talk about an experience that is currently being loved by all. It is on the festival circuit right now. It will be available to watch very soon, I'm sure, through a number of different streaming channels, etc. Uh, it was just nominated for a Canadian Screen Award for Best Visual Effects. Congratulations. We're going to talk about Astronaut, which is your guys' latest. Uh, why did you want to talk about this film? I love this movie. You know, I love this. I love them all. Uh, but this film... Uh, has got a great message in it. You know, it's, you've got Richard Dreyfus delivering a tour de force performance. The reviews came in when we released it. Uh, it was the opening film at the Edinburgh Film Festival. It's going out on 150 screens uh, in England uh, next month and then Germany the month following. This is a, what they call a silver pound film. It's, an, it's a film made for an older audience. At the heart of it is Richard Dreyfus. Uh, right by his side is Graham Greene, Colin Fiore, Colin Mockery, Lyric Ben, great cast. But really it's about Richard's journey to kind of not give up on his dreams. It doesn't matter how old you are, he's always dreamed of being an astronaut, and you know what? He's going to go for it. Sheila McLeod wrote a beautiful script. Um, Jessica Adams, my producing partner, and I fell in love with it. Um, and, um, yeah, it's really, it's really creating a bit of a stir. It's a great little story. I, I'm really proud. Sheila has this fantastic story that she's talked about in interviews about where the story came from. She said uh, when her mother was in a nursing home, there was an old man in a, in a wheelchair in the garden who would just want to stay outside and would be staring up at the sky all the time. And finally, she asked him, what are you looking at? And he said, I'm looking for another go. And uh, it's just such a beautiful impetus and a great little soundbite story for us interviews. We, we love those. What was the package that came to you? How, how did this land on your lap and, and what sort of spoke to you at that time? Jessica had worked the script with Sheila. Um, Jessica had approached me, and I don't want to use the word senior, just I just slightly, just a more experienced producer than Jessica at that time. And, um, you know, I read it and I said, you know what, this is one that I want to attach myself to and the company to and the company's, you know, track record and momentum in my personal experience as a producer. And uh, we kind of locked horns on it and shouldered up and, you know, kind of pressed it over the finish line together. And it was, um, again, a great experience. You know, Sheila was lovely to work with. When you make something that is not just content, and a lot of, now there's a lot of white noise out there. There's a lot of content and the barriers to entry to make content are, have all fallen. Um, you know, and, and also content is even, even an interesting word. I mean, TikTok is content, if you will. But if you come back to the art of telling a good story, um, that's what the focus was. It's like, tell a story that really should be told. You, as you mentioned earlier, you have packed this with Canadian talent. I mean, we've got friend of the show, Art Hindle. Uh, you've got Colm Fiore, Lyric Bent, Krista Bridges, Graham Greene, Colin Mockery. Like, where do you even start with that ridiculous pantheon? But also, according to union rules, like, you didn't have to have all of those people in there. You could have brought up a bunch more Americans to fill in all of those roles. Was it important to you guys to have that Canadian cast to kind of round that out? Do you know what? It, it was. And I've worked with a lot of Americans. We've worked with Zoe Kravitz and Woody Harrelson and Harvey Keitel. And, uh, and, and that's just because they were just the most incredible actor or actress for that role. But, you know, I gotta say is I'm probably Canadian and Buck is probably Canadian. And even back to a film I did called Toilet, um, which was a kind of a Japanese-inspired film with Naoki Okagama, who's a fantastic uh, director in Japan. 
they were looking to work with a company. They went to LA, they went to New York. And when they sat with Buck, they wanted to make the film with Buck. And so it was a co-production between the two companies. Tatiana Mulsani came in to play one of the leads uh, just before Orphan Black. It was a real, I want to say the word victory. It was like, we showcased the talent pool that is here in this country, and that won the day. Uh, they chose Toronto over, you know, over LA, over New York, because they saw what we were capable of. One as a company, but two as a talent pool. You know, there was no better actress in the world to play this role than Tatiana. And it was interesting because originally the film was to be set in Boston, and they were going. We were shooting Toronto for Boston, so all the red TTC stripes were going to be turned blue. And they were so happy with the experience, so happy with being in Canada and the way the film was coming together and enthusiasms that they one point turned to me and said, we would like to shift the location to be shot here in Canada. So we want the story to take place in Toronto. And I said, thank you very much. That's a huge compliment. I will share that with the crew. But I knew in that particular release strategy, it was going to be better for them, back to the business side of things, to have the story take place in Boston. So I said, let's keep your story in Boston, but I will let everybody know. And when we go to that scene in the kitchen and the fridge door is open, we'll put a can of Molson Canadian on the top shelf or something, and that'll be our little <laughs> note that, uh, you know, a tip to the hat to the Canadians uh, who made this film come to life. Now, I'm curious about that. So the so in terms of marketing, having it set in Boston is more marketable. Uh, is that just because the United States is more recognizable than, say, having it set in Toronto, would you say? This was done a few years ago. Mm. And yes, at that moment in time, because they were launching it out in Japan, uh, they were working with Pony Canyon, which, uh, you know, the distributors kind of wanted the film set in the U.S., um, this decision came in from the director and my producing partner from Japan. And I think it was just a really nice compliment, but I didn't want, you know, I didn't think it was going to get past Pony Canyon and their release strategy. So it was like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that a, you chose Canada to make the film. You've had an incredible experience. And at the end of the day, the film went on to do fantastic things on the international film festival market. Someone who also isn't Canadian, but he made his leading man debut here is Richard Dreyfuss. As you mentioned, he's the star. Uh, he was in Duddy Kravitz. Have you seen that? I, yes, of course I have. And Richard on set was referring to himself as an honorary Canadian because <laughs> of Dudley Kravitz and his experiences in Montreal. Well, they let Vivian Lee play Scarlett O'Hara and Renee Zellweger played Bridget Jones. So, you know, we gotta we gotta have one of our own, uh, one of our own doing that. And when I was watching Astronaut, I couldn't help but think that this was a nice little companion piece to Duddy because Duddy is of course like all ruthless blind ambition he's willing to do anything he can to to get what he wants um and then you see this older character played by the same actor where they still have ambition and they still have drive regardless of their age but he's no longer ruthless he's cunning but he's not ruthless and they're achieving goals in different ways with a significant life cost no spoilers as you as you find out um and I'm wondering wondering if that's something he was drawn to in both of these characters because that's obviously something throughout his whole his whole career of these characters he's played listen he's he, he's always loved that kind of quirky character um a little unorthodox really he's not doing a whole bunch of more work you know like he he's being very selective to the films that he engages 
with. And it was the script, and as you mentioned, this exact character that he fell in love with and, and signed on. Because you're right, there is that kind of unrivaled enthusiasm and optimism, which is really what is so beautiful about the story. But in the autumn of his life, he kind of approaches it with a, a wisdom, you know, less energy and more experience. You know, inside the film, I must say, um, Graham Greene's performance, he's, he's a character who's kind of stroke. He only, he only has one word in the, um, one word in the entire film, but you literally cannot take your eyes off of him when he's with Richard on screen. He's always one of our favorite parts when he pops up. And uh, we've talked about a lot of the senior actors, but you also have um, some young, uh, young man in this film as well, uh, playing uh, Richard Dreyfuss's grandson, who's also excellent. And something that we've been talking about a lot in the podcast recently is this idea of a family movie that we don't really have anymore. Now we consider movies for children or we consider movies for adults. We don't really have something everybody can sit down together and genuinely enjoy. And because you have that younger character and the authentic relationship between himself and Richard, you now have something that everybody can connect to. I, I've actually, I enjoy films that spark a conversation between a family. Um, this happened with Milton's Secret. Um, we screened it. It was the opening uh, gala uh, in the, the Vancouver International Film Festival. So <clears throat> there was 2,000 people in attendance or so at the screening. It was so funny. I was driving up to the screening up with my wife, Jennifer, and our four daughters, and my youngest said, what's this lineup for, Dad? It couldn't possibly be for your movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the nice thing about it was, you know, when, when they, I shared it with them for the first time, and my brother was there with his family, it sparks a family conversation, like, why was he kind to the bully? What you know, like it, and astronaut does the same thing. And I, <clears throat> I think that's you know that's important nowadays in a, in a world where families are being, you know, kind of drawn away from the central nucleus of the family with, you know, screens and this and content and over here and I'm going to sit in this room and watch this on that and I'll sit over here or we'll all sit in the same room and our faces will be down on a phone. Um, these particular family films spark, you know, conversation. Like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this story. How did it affect you? Why did it affect you that way? That That's kind of important to me and, and some of the stories that we tell. Now, in that, why do you think Canada is uniquely positioned to tell these kinds of stories? Like, why are these stories coming from us? I think Canada is uniquely positioned, quite frankly, to tell any story. This the talent pool in this country, I think, is so robust, um, and it's um, you know there's a, there's a certain element of uh, you know courage, in, you know that, that's you know voices, young talent, diverse diversified talent, you know people that are are just you know in the old it's, it's, it's tough to get your stories through, but you know that old saying, every thousand mile journey starts with one step. I think great talent is piercing through all the obstacles to get their stories told. And I think, you know, we're, we're only getting stronger and I think more relevant on the 
world's stage. This film uh, is just finishing up on the festival circuit. It's been nominated for a number of awards. For younger indie filmmakers, this can be a great opportunity to be discovered when they get their film in, they get it sold, all of a sudden they have representation. But for an established production house like yourself and and Buck Productions, uh, what does this festival circuit do for you guys? Festivals are always great. Um, You know, they, you know, gives the opportunity for the film to be reviewed. It gives the opportunity for um, audiences, you know, like there's, I must say, I mean, I've been at a lot of films and I've screened a film festivals and I've screened a lot of films. Um, There is, there is an experience that one has and it never, it's never left me is when you're in a audience, when you're sitting in the seats with the audience and you've touched every frame of this film that's about to play and you've seen it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and the room falls to darkness and the story begins and it gets to the point where you can literally hear the heartbeat of every individual in that room and you can feel them shifting in their seats you can the laughters you can you can you can you know you can hear them cry you can hear them gasp and it's just an amazing connection to your audience, which is at the end of the day, what you strive to tell your story for. Without the audience, you're not a storyteller. So that experience itself is remarkable. And then the marketing, um, the reviews, if, you have, if you've got territories left to sell, um, you know, your buyers are on present markets and, you know, you're, you're in a sense starting to showcase the film and sell it. Great example, you know, Astronaut, uh, the audience reacted so well. Um, I, I had actually, um, with uh, Jessica, got our UK distributor, Parkland, up um, from England. To, to, I said, you need to be in the audience. You need to sit with this audience in Edinburgh and, and watch this film and watch the reaction. And the minute they did, um, they changed their strategy. They literally went from a smaller release to a much larger release in the UK. They were opening on 150 screens there, you know, because they saw what, how this film can touch an audience. And these are all valuable things that festivals offer us. Making Monsters, fantastic horror movie. Justin Harding, Rob Bruner, the team over at the Boca Collective, Dale Andrews, my partners on this film, uh, made a wicked, stylish, crazy scary awesome horror and you know it was challenging but we put this thing together uh it won shriek fest in los angeles it's gone on to win a bunch of different festivals it played telluride you know and it's again really affecting audiences it's building a bit of a groundswell and that was instrumental in us doing a deal um with our distributor who's taking it out next month internationally so it was your know, festivals have a very very special um very special role when it comes to independent film. Now with that I have to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests as I'm finishing up my interviews. What do you think Canada needs more of in order to support its artists? It need, it needs more I think you know what it needs it needs more Canadians celebrating Canadians that are telling stories. You know, celebrate the creators. Celebrate the Canadian creators that have shaped, worked, built, executed an idea in a medium 
and have shared that outlook, shared it with Canada, but shared it with the world, rather than embracing a format that somebody else in another country has created and regurgitating it here just for this country. Yes, doing an amazing job in executing it, but I say celebrate the Canadians that are creating stories and exporting them to the world. That's a perfect opportunity to talk about how we can share your stories and how we can uh, see more from Buck. How do people follow you, your work, and the work of Buck? We're on Instagram. Uh, Buck Productions has uh, got a kick-ass reel on there if you want to see some of the things that we've been up to. Uh, Facebook. All that kinds of stuff. We're on all those social feeds. Beautiful. And as per usual, you can find the podcast on the Twitters at Le Shrimpton for myself personally, as well as for the podcast, we are at RCM Pod. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. It was an absolute pleasure. Becky, I really appreciate you having me on, and I love your show. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.